Okay, it is 3.07 p.m. We can start the meeting now. Great, thank you so much, Tamara. Welcome back, everybody, to in person. It's really nice to see everyone and not just on the screen. Um, I will like to call this meeting to order. It is the meeting of the Visual Arts Committee for Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. And I would like to do roll call. Tara, can you? Yeah. Commissioner Ferris. Commissioner Beltran. Present. Commissioner Hakimi is not here. Commissioner Liu is not here. Commissioner McCoy. Present. Commissioner Moosley. Present. And Commissioner Schneer. Here. To everybody. All right, I want to ask for any changes to the agenda. There are a couple items to note. Item number nine, the Judas Street Scape has been tabled. Jackie Van Treskow will be presenting on item number five on behalf of project Ma program manager Ari Gallardin Davidian. Uh, there is a typo on consent calendar 3.4. The length of time of approval should be one year instead of six months. Um, Chair Ferris, so it would be one year until what date? Correct. Oh, the date's correct. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And the correct uh, corrected motion is motion to extend formally approved resolution number 0912-22138 for one year until April 3rd, 2024. Thank you. Oh, April until April 3rd. Yeah. April 3rd. Yeah. 2024. Motion to approve a new initiative of the Recreation and Park Department on JFK Promenade in Golden Gate Park, extending from Keysar Drive to Transverse Drive for a period of six months, which will initially feature a series of temporary art installations, including murals painted on the asphalt roadway by Paint the Void and sculptures selected by Illuminate the Arts, with the possibility of other artists and organizations participating in the future and to authorize the Director of Cultural Affairs to review and approve the individual art projects proposed. And with that, I'd like to begin the meeting. Starting March 1st, 2023, all public body meetings are required to return to an in-person format and members of the commissions will no longer be able to attend remotely, even if sick or have had exposure to COVID. In addition, Remote public comment will no longer be required except for people who request a reasonable accommodation. However, to increase public access to our meetings, the visual arts committee meetings will be hybrid meetings in person at the war memorial veterans building suite 125 and remotely through the WebEx platform. While this technology allows us to hold these meetings remotely, it may not be as seamless as we would prefer. There will be gaps and delays as staff transition transition the technology between speakers. Please know that we are doing the best we can and we ask for your patience. Before we start, I'd like to remind us all about the policies and procedures for hybrid, hybrid public meetings. At this meeting, we are bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the good government guide. At every public meeting, there's place for general public comment where members of the public may make comment on any item pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your general public comments to items under the purview of the San Francisco Arts Commission. 
for every item on the agenda. There is also space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comment on topic. Each public comment is limit, uh, limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely via WebEx. For each item, the commission will take public comment from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Instructions on how to provide public comment will be shared by our program associate shortly. Last, a few virtual meeting housekeeping items. For staff and presenters joining the meeting virtually, please mute your microphones and uh, to minimize background noise. When you speak, you will have to unmute yourselves. Commissioners, please introduce yourself when you speak so callers on the phone know who is speaking. I will now turn it over to Program Associate Tara Peterson for public comment instructions. All right. The public is encouraged to submit their public comments in two ways, in person during this meeting or remotely via WebEx. For members of the public who wish to make public comment on agenda items via phone, you may call 415-655-0001. The access code is 2591-761-2580. Then press pound twice. You will hear a beep when you join the meeting as an attendee. Your line will be muted, but you will be able to hear the meeting in progress. You may also make public comment using the WebEx link. When you click the WebEx link, you will then be prompted to enter the following information. First and last name and email address. These fields are required. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last name fields and public at public.com in the email field. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all devices around you are muted so there is no echo when you speak. At the appropriate time, the chair will ask for public comment. For members of the public using the WebEx link, please click the hand icon by your name to raise your hand. This will place you in the public comment queue. When it is your time to speak, you will be unmuted by the moderator. When your time is up, you'll be muted. For members of the public calling by phone, you'll be prompted to press star three when the public comment period opens. This will add you to the speaker queue. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask you to state your name and to make your comments. You are encouraged, but not required to state your name for the record. You will start your three minutes when you begin talking using a visual timer and there will be an audible warning when there are 30 seconds left. When your time is up, I will say caller your time is up. At that point, you'll be put on mute and moved out of the speaker line. We will pause briefly before closing public comment to ensure no other commenters are seeking to speak on that item. Participants who wish to speak on other public comment periods can stay on the line and listen for the next public comment opportunity. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to art-info at sfgov.org. The summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. Public comment instructions will also be shared on the screen during each public comment period as seen here. All right, Commissioner Ferris, please start the meeting when ready. Great, thanks so much, Tara. I would like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement. San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Rametush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Rametush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all the peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. 
We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Rametush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. As a, de a department dedicated to promote a diverse and equitable arts and cultural culture environment in San Francisco, we are committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. All right, I'd like to call item number two. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number two is general public comment. This item is to allow members of the public to comment generally on matters within the commission's purview, as well as to suggest new agenda items for the commission's consideration. I would like to call general public comment. Is there any public comment on item number two, general public comment? We will be taking in-person comments first. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, please press star three to be placed in the queue. Please press only once since pressing up more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item two, general public comment. Wait a few more seconds. There's no public comment in the room. We'll give a few seconds for people remotely to raise their hand if they want to. There's no public comment at this time. Great, thanks Tara. Then I'd like to call item number three. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number three is the consent calendar. I would like to call for public comment on item number three. Is there any public comment on the consent calendar? If you are listening to this meeting via the web link, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing up more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. We're currently on item three, consent calendar. There is no public in person. We'll give it another 10 seconds for anybody remote who's trying to raise their hand. There is no public comment this time. Tara, all right, then I would like to ask for a motion. So moved, Beltran. Second, Commissioner. Thank you, Commissioners. And all those in favor, say yay. All those opposed, say nay. Yay. 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 <laughs> all right. The motion passes unanimously. Great. Thanks, Tara. Thanks, Commissioners. Let's move on to item number four. If you wish to make public comments on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number four is the relocation of Sentinels by Aristides Demetrios on City College Ocean Campus. We have two uh, discussions and possible actions. Um, first, to temporarily remove from public display Sentinels 1973 by Aristides Demetrios, located on the City College Ocean Campus to make way for the construction of a new student center. We also have a discussion and possible action to approve the proposed new location for Sentinels 1973 
by Aristides Demetrios on the City College campus, City College Ocean campus at the corner of the Frida Kahlo Way and Ocean Avenue at the completion of construction of a new student center. I'd like to introduce senior registrar Allison Cummings to present the item. Allison, nice to see you. Nice to see you, commissioners, as well. Good afternoon. I get the honor of going first. <laughs> Um, it's great to see everyone in person. Um, this is a sculpture uh, by Aristides Demetrios, located currently at City College Ocean Campus, the main campus. Uh, it has been on loan at City College for a significant amount of time. Um, and it is a piece from 1973. And uh, we recently uh, deinstalled and reinstalled it, and I say recent as 2017, uh, and did a, uh, a conservation project on the piece uh, and reinstalled it at this site in front of the current student center on campus. And um, we were approached last year by uh, the campus. They are embarking on a new project to uh, create a new student center, significant um, construction project. and. Um, They'd like to relocate the piece to another uh, part of the campus, actually close to where it is located now. Um, and I do have, if questions do come up, I have Alberto Vasquez, who's the interim associate vice chancellor of construction and planning um, on the line. If there are questions that I can't answer uh, about this. So this is really light. It's very hard to see. I'm going to show you the next picture first. Um, so this is a significant bond project that this college is undertaking. This is the corner of Ocean and Frida Kahlo Way. So I'm, if you're familiar with the campus and you're familiar with the area, um, uh, this is the main entrance to the campus. Um, and so again, you can see significant new construction, planned construction. They are uh, initiating demolition of the current building that's on that site uh, this summer, or that's the intent. So we would be removing the artwork from its current location um, at the end of May, so beginning of June. And this is the proposed relocation site. It's the corner. And what's a little challenging to see in this rendering is that there is a pathway that runs through those um, plantings to the left there. Uh, so it's not as obscured by plantings as this depiction um, sort of gives it, but you can see there's some uplighting. If I go back to this lighter image, you can kind of see where it is located within that um, I apologize if that's so dark, but there is an ADA pathway. Oh. That's on the view. Okay. Look at that. You can see a little. The blue square is the sculpture. It's sited within a planter area. It does not overhang the actual pathway, so it's not an ADA issue. They are proposing to do some uplighting within the planter. We've met and talked about appropriate plantings for the site. Mind you, you know, we are two to three years away from um, the realization of this construction, but um, uh, yeah, that's uh, essentially the, the proposal that we would remove it to storage uh, and then recite it uh, in a more prominent location um, at the entrance. So just a quick question. So it's still in the same basic area, correct? Still in the same basic yeah, area. Just relocated yeah. to somewhere that works better with the new construction. Correct. Got it. And just to clarify, this is where it is, not where it's going. This is where it's going. Oh, this is where, where it's, it's going. going. Okay. <laughs> and and can you tell me then where it is in relation to this? Right. So I'm going to 
Show this picture again. Um, if you can imagine the, this building here um, and driving around it behind it to the right. So behind this building is where it is currently located. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's within the campus, and this would bring it out um, actually to the street with um, uh, more visibility. I want to. I wanted to make a comment that um, I actually drive by there all the time, and this is a spectacular relocation of this sculpture because uh, currently the entrance to City College um, is down Fritacala Way, and so you literally have to take a right and you have to walk up all of these stairs, um, and the sculpture was very hidden. And this is a major thoroughfare. I mean, there's a Whole Foods right before it. Uh, like Wilmerding High School is to the right, and then it leads right into the BART station. So there's a ton of traffic that goes right by this, and it's, it's going to look amazing. So I'm really thrilled about this sighting, especially complementary to the, you know, the modernist building architecture. Yeah, thank you, Commissioner Beltran. That's true. Putting it right on the corridor will get so many more eyes on it. So I have a question, though. Um, this isn't necessarily for us, but just a general uh, question about um, what, wouldn't this be, need to be reviewed by CDR? Because I don't think it's come up yet. Uh, you mean the, the construction project? Yeah, the building. I don't know that it does. City College is state property. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not it. clarifying, certainly, but I don't believe it is CDR. But I, we can clarify that, I think, certainly. Thanks. And just another question, uh, Commissioner McCoy here. Um, uh, just curious about the completion date of this project. Uh, we're currently budgeting uh, two years of storage, so I think we're looking at a two to two and a half year time frame. Okay. Great. Um, any other commissioner questions, discussion? Yeah, that's very exciting. And I was thrown off because this looks so realistic. I thought it might already. Yeah. <laughs> you wish. Yeah. Right. Does not look like that. No, it doesn't. All right. Thank you so much, Allison. Um, making sure no other commissioner uh, comments. And then calling for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number four? The relocation of the Sentinels by, and can you help me pronounce his first name? Aristides. Aristides, thank you. Dimitrios at City College Ocean Campus. There is no public in person right now, but there is a hand raised. So if you're already listening to this meeting via the WebEx link, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing up more than once will remove you from the queue. Uh, instructions are on the screen. I'm going to Go ahead and unmute our person here. Hello, can you hear me? Hi, you're unmuted. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. You have three minutes All to right, start your public comment. Oh, I just want to say congratulations on your first meeting in three years, almost to the day. And uh, you guys have done an awesome job. Thank you. That's my only public comment. Thank you. Thank you. So much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're happy to be back. <laughs> Thanks so much. And there's still no public in the room. And I'm, oh, wait, Alberto um, 
is um, that yeah. Vasquez is on the team, so I think he wants to make a comment. I'm going to go ahead and unmute him. Alberto, uh, you're unmuted. Can you hear us? Uh, yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead, please. Right. So, first of all, I want to thank the San Francisco Arts Commission for taking the time to review this, and also Allison uh, working with us. Thank you. Um, glad I didn't have to provide any information, but everything went well. You did a great job in presenting the information. So I just want to thank everyone here and look forward to uh, working on other arts that we may have in common at the college. Um, but just wanted to thank you for your support for the relocation. Um, and I too thought it was already done in my head um, as well. So, but thank you everyone. Great, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, he's muted again. There is no other public comment. So um, public comment is closed. Uh, all right, motion. Then I would like to ask for a motion. So move, Commissioner Beltran. Second. <laughs> Go for it, Nabil. <laughs> Thank you, Commissioners. All right. Um, all those in favor say yay. 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 Yes. Yay. All those opposed say nay. All right. The motion passes unanimously. Great. Thanks, commissioners. Thank you again so much, Allison. All right. I'd like to call item number five. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number five is the Indian Basin, India Basin Shoreline Park. We have two discussions and possible actions to approve artist Christine Mays and proposals for the India Basin Shoreline Park Public Art Project as recommended by the Artist Review Panel and to authorize the Director of Cultural Affairs to enter into a contract with Christine Mays for an amount not to exceed 212300 for the design, engineering, fabrication, transportation, and installation consultation of an artwork for the India Basin Shoreline Park Public Art Project. I'd like to introduce Senior Pro uh, Program Manager Jackie Von Treskow to um, introduce the item. Jackie. Oh, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Hi, Commissioners. Good to be here and see you all today. Um, as mentioned, I'm here to present this item on behalf of Public Art Project Manager Ari um, uh, Geraldine Davidian, who is unable to join us in person, but is on the line if there's questions at the end of the presentation. Um, so I'm here today to present um, the um, recommended artist and proposal for the um, India Basin Shoreline Park project. Before getting into the results of the recent review panel, however, I want to give a little bit of background of the project for those who need a refresher or might not be familiar um, with this with this project. So um, in 2014, uh, the San Francisco Recreation and Parks Department acquired 900 Innis at India Basin in San Francisco's Hunters Point neighborhood. And in partnership with the local community, the Trust for Public Land and the San Francisco Parks Alliance, the India Basin Shoreline Park Project really aims to rebuild a park that is crucial to the health of San Francisco's historically underserved Southeast communities. Um, the proposed plan combines the existing India Basin Shoreline Park area and the 900 Innes property into one 10-acre waterfront park development that closes a critical gap in the San Francisco Bay Trail. Um, it also focuses on habitat and wetland restoration, public access, uh, resiliency to sea level rise, social equity, and waterfront recreation. This is another view of um, 
Shoreline Park. Um, so in August of 2022, we posted a request for qualifications for the India Basin Shoreline Park Public Art Opportunity, which could consist of a single large sculpture or series of smaller human scale sculptures located along the walking paths um, throughout the Shoreline Park. Um, the budget for this artwork is $212,000, $212,300. Uh, dollars uh, inclusive of artist fees as well as expenses for expenses for the artwork design fabrication insurance transportation and of course consultation during installation uh, we also have a separate allocation set aside of 75,000 for site work and installation which will be managed by the arts commission under a separate contract um, the goals that we identified for this particular public art project is that the artwork be inspired by and responsive to both the site and proposed park design including its natural habitats physical landscape site history, sustainability, and program, be a point of discovery, and have a cohesive narrative experience along the trails, um, serve as an asset for the community, an expression of the neighborhood identity, um, and also provide a, a local community benefit, which would include providing opportunities for artists um, who have a meaningful connection to the Bayview-Hunters Point neighborhood uh, in San Francisco. Um, the RFQ was posted for about nine weeks, during which time um, Arts Commission and Rec and Park staff did extensive um, outreach, including hosting one virtual and one in-person um, technical workshop to support artists who are interested in, in applying for the opportunity. Um, we have the India Basin Artist Review Panel, and thank you, Commissioner Beltran, for your participation in this process, um, convened on November 9th of last year. Um, to review the, the short list of qualified artists, ultimately selecting four finalists who were invited to develop site-specific conceptual proposals for the project. Um, those four artist finalists were Michael Arcega, Cheryl Derricott, Christine Mays, and William Rhodes. Um, the review panel convened again this past Monday, March 13th, um, for artist proposal presentations and interviews. And after extensive review and discussion, Christine Mays uh, received the highest score from the panelists, a total of 118 points based on a set of scoring criteria that included artistic merit, uh, relevant skills and experience, alignment with project goals, and feasibility and maintainability. Um, this will be Christine's first permanent public art commission. We're really excited to be working with her for this project. Um, a bit about her proposal and about Christine. So Christine has been breathing life into wire since 1993. She captures the human soul while speaking to issues of social justice, humanity, and calling in of ancestral restitution. In her 20 plus years of sculpting, she has had several temporary projects in public spaces. She is born and raised in San Francisco. She grew up in Bayview, in the Bayview and Visitation Valley neighborhoods where she still lives and works today. Um, she served as a member of the 3.9 Collective. She's a former artist in residence at the Hunters Point Shipyard Studios. And she's also featured artists at the African-American Arts and Culture Complex. Um, Christine's proposal for the India Basin Shoreline Park project is grounded in the concept of joy personified, which is the title of her proposal, um, which intends to, in her own words, quote, encourage, celebrate, and amplify community. She says, quote, the way we dance, laugh, and enjoy one another in the midst of struggle, the way we move as a group, and know that our ability to spark change is birthed in community. The artwork serves as a beacon for hope, strength, and liberation. Uh, Christine's proposal includes seven life-size figural sculptures and three group installations, a couple dancing, kids running and playing, and a game of double Dutch jump rope. 
Um, a bit of uh, background. So Christine has developed this technique of weaving thin wire into large um, into large scale figurative forms, like this recent installation that you see on the screen here, titled "Rich Soil." This is actually a touring exhibition, and um, this is a picture from uh, its exhibition at the Hillwood Estate Museum and Gardens in Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. uh, so for her Indian Basin proposal, Christine's inspiration is really rooted uh, in her childhood experience growing up in Bayview Hunters Point. Um, and um, her her childhood growing up in the Hunters Point Projects, which is located on the on the hill overlooking India Basin Park, um, in the 1970s, and this was part of her proposal presentation. Um, Christine's father completed his time in the Navy, and uh, her parents moved to San Francisco and settled in the Bayview to establish life a life there. Um, when she was three years old, her father was unfortunately killed in a car accident on Third and 25th Streets, not even two miles from the park. And in the postscript of this really devastating loss, um, you know, Christine, for her, these sculptural works speak to the significance of friends and neighbors in the broader community um, as a true ex extension of her family. Um, so there are three different sculptural scenes as part of her proposal. This shows um, one of them. It's a, it's a couple dancing. Um, you can see the dimensions listed here. So they are, as you can see, they are human scale, um, and they will be installed upon a low concrete plinth. This is the other um, scene of uh, Black Boy Joy. So two um, young black boys playing uh, together in the gardens, again, on a, on a low concrete um, plinth. And then this final scene of three girls engaging in an exuberant game of double dutch. Um, and this is on a more elevated plinth in the gardens as well to allow for you know, higher visibility and to be seen from a distance as well. Um, so the placement of these individual sculptures, of course, will be developed and, you know, the final plinth design and the final designs will be kind of really honed in uh, uh, over the course of design development and in conversation with the, with the project design team. Um, but these are the proposed locations for the three, the three scenes and, and uh, Christine's proposals. Um, and then finally, in terms of materials, so this is the first time, you know, Christine is translating her work into permanent materials. And so we, um, you know, SFAC staff, uh, including our senior registrar, Allison, really um, guided and provided her a lot of feedback about her proposal development process um, to look at materials that would, you know, be robust enough to function in this uh, quite um, intense marine uh, environment close to the ocean there. Um, and so she will be, um, you know, creating sort of smaller mock-ups using her, her usual um, technique with smaller gauge wire, but those will be scaled up working with a fabricator using uh, half-inch steel rods, um, which will then be powder-coated in, in this shiny copper color to sort of, um, you know, evoke the same color that she, she uses in her smaller uh, works with copper wire. Um, so that about rounds up the, the um, summary of um, Christine's proposal. I really want to commend all four of the artists, as J.D. can attest to, who really did an exceptional job developing really thoughtful um, thoughtful and considered proposals for this project. It made, I think, the panelists' job <laughs> exceptionally difficult. Um, and um, also to Ari, who provided really great guidance and support to all these artists through every phase of their development of their proposals. So happy to answer any questions you might have. Um, I wanted to just add, uh, since I was a member of the panel, both for selecting the finalists as well as selecting um, Christine Mays, that the panel was essentially unanimous that um, because of a multiplicity of factors, one being that we really did want to see uh, um, a scattering of sculptures that would encourage people to traverse the park and come upon them sort of by surprise. And there were there was I think at least one or two artists who just did one sculpture, and so that was a factor. Um, her background and the fact that she, like she literally grew up, you know, a couple blocks from this park, and so this is a huge part of her life. And what Jackie was saying about um, 
community, once her father died um, in the car accident when she was three, she was actually raised by families, a family across the street. Um, so essentially, it showed the strength of her um, being able to, you know, uh, endure that trauma and 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 have the community support her through that. And so she has such a strong um, sense and um, solidify, you know, basically has solidified the Hunters um, Point Bayview community with her as well. Uh, one of the things that we did discuss is because um, several of the artists, actually one of the artists uh, presentations was talking about how powder coated sculptures can sometimes be um, uh, vulnerable to scratching or the powder coating off. So we actually discussed that she could, she could basically go over with that with our excellent, excellent staff, our expert staff, and there may be other methods, like for example, anodizing the, um, the actual steel so that it's a permanent coating that's embedded in the metal rather than having a coating that could be, um, you know, like vulnerable to vandalism or chipping. Um, and I think the other thing that was so refreshing about uh, Christine was she was absolutely thrilled to be considered for a permanent public art piece because those pieces that you saw, which are spectacular, those aren't permanent because those are with her sort of regular small gauge wire and they couldn't would certainly couldn't withstand the marine environment, you know, being right by um, all of the water as well as, you know, outdoors in a park. And so for her to now accomplish this learning curve about doing something in the public um, as the uh, the team from our public art uh, um, our public art team knows this first commission is just you know essentially is instrumental in launching so many artists to making art as a public artist and and so we were particularly thrilled to be able to now give Christine this opportunity thank you here here I couldn't agree more and I have been I have loved her work ever since I first saw it several years back. And this is exactly, um, uh, Commissioner Beltran, you said it so well. This is what I feel our staff does so well, is getting these artists that have never done public art before and helping them figure out a way that the essence and, and really the, the, the soul of what it is they do comes out once it's made into public art. I just couldn't be happier to see this. I, I think it's fabulous. I do have one question though, which is as you're talking about the different materials and stuff in terms of uh, durability and stuff, um, have we taken into consideration the idea of galvanizing the steel and then powder coating it? Well, so, that's what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Galvanizing it with copper. Yeah, yeah. So, so essentially galvanize it yeah. first and then you right. do it and then that will really yeah. hold it better. Yeah, mm -hmm. great. Um, Commissioner McCoy here, I just want to say um, I really commend the panel here um, for this selection. I'm very familiar with this neighborhood. I'm a member of this neighborhood. There, the uh, area where uh, Christine grew up, that community still exists right across the street. So it's an incredible amount of importance for selecting an artist from the neighborhood um, to uh, uh, be a part of the shoreline, which is long overdue for this neighborhood. So I really do commend the panel for this. This is very exciting. Question. Um, I'm glad they're choosing half inch gauge steel. Would it be also, I would assume, we welded together? Right? Yes. For more detail based on her work that she's already done in the past, 
Would there be other gauge steel wire welded to it so it can give you more? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that's definitely something she will be exploring um, with her fabricator, you know, in terms of doing sort of samples and mock-ups to see, yeah. um, you know, how that translation will work and if, you know, maybe there's going to be sort of a more robust structure of the, the thicker gauge steel and maybe smaller gauge to sort of really create this sort of dynamic sort of texture and detail that her, her pieces are known for. Um, that's why I think the relationship with fabricator is going to be critical in developing what that what that material language is going to look like um, for her while also meeting our our maintenance and conservation considerations. Yeah, I was going to say we get to see a sample of half inch steel, but I'm pretty sure half inch steel gauge welded together will be indestructible almost. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, like you know, that's I, that's yeah. I don't think when you, I, I mean, to me, it's like, I don't need to see a sample like that because, like, <laughs> I was going to, like, mess with it. But but you will see samples when she gets to that point yeah. in, the, in the process, yeah, and she'll bring in a sample of yeah, what yeah. it'll look like. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool to see. Um, I personally, I would encourage it, like, because of what she does with the, the smaller gauge yeah. with the wire. It would be cool to get so much more detail but based on the other work that she's done. She's definitely expressed interest in being as hands-on as possible yeah, in the process because that is what she does and that's what she loves to do. Um, so it'll be an interesting to see how that partner. Yeah, I think it'll be amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's so exciting. Thank you, commissioners, for all of your comments and questions. Um, and yes, uh, you guys actually commented and, and answered uh, some of the questions I had, which is perfect. But I am so excited. Um, yeah, to see an artist from the neighborhood put art in their neighborhood. Um, it inspires kids that grow up in these neighborhoods to see people that grew up alongside them or grew up in the same neighborhood um, get these arts commissions. And this one is uh, long overdue. I think we can all agree. Um, so, yeah, it's so exciting to see this. Um, thank you, Commissioner Beltran, for your participation on the panel and your input in terms of thinking ahead for um, ways to make this indestructible. Um, and yeah, I really do echo your words of commending the staff. You guys do such a good job to let the artists think big and really rediscover different materials and ways that they can work within their own style, um, but ways that are appropriate for long-term outdoor use. So, so thank you guys for the work that you guys are doing on this project. Thanks commissioners for all of your comments. Mm -hmm. I have one more uh, question. Will there be any lighting this provider tonight? There's currently not any um, lighting plans, but it is going to be discussed further throughout design development. Yeah. Um, as, yeah. I think if there's the opportunity and the budget available to integrate lighting to further highlight these um, in the evening and nighttime hours, and I know that would be of interest, but I think it's. It'll look amazing. Yeah. Can we work with uh, Rec and Park in terms of their budget for their hardscape? We. We will. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, great. Good points, Commissioner. <laughs> uh, before we move to public comment, Ari's on the line. She wanted to um, yeah, yeah. measure. So I'm going to hit. Um, Ari, you should be unmuted now. Can you hear me? Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Great. Uh, so I'm Ariane uh, Gillardin Davidian, uh, project manager here at the Arts Commission. And I'm so sorry I can't be there for this inaugural in-person meeting. I have COVID running through my household. Everyone's fine, but I'm just stuck at home for 
everyone's safety. Anyway, I just wanted to um, express my gratitude again uh, to the commissioners and to Commissioner Beltran for participating on the panel. It was a really wonderful experience um, to work with all four finalists on their proposals. They all worked really, really hard. And, um, you know, watching Christine um, work through um, all the kind of material uh, uh, challenges and questions about durability just for, you know, the proposal development was so impressive and she is just so nimble and brave in terms of, you know, um, uh, evolving her, her material process to kind of suit this context. So I just, I commend her for just being very fearless in this whole process so far. And it gives me a lot of confidence moving forward. Um, to work with her on this project. So thank you to the artist, Christine. Um, I also just wanted to mention a couple other things. Um, I wanted to just uh, also thank our partners at Rec and Park and the design team for just working with us so closely. Um, we did a lot of outreach effort uh, to share these proposals with the community. And I actually, if I have a few minutes or one minute, <laughs> I just want to share a couple of the comments that uh, we received about all the proposals and then a few just about Christine's. So just for context, we received a total of 189 comments uh, for these proposals, which I believe is fairly robust for um, our kind of SFAC standards for public comment submissions. And the general comments on all the proposals included um, you know, welcoming, uplifting, inclusive, playful, good for all ages. One person said, I believe this project, meaning the kind of general uh, public art project at the park, uh, is a great start to regaining a sense of pride and, and accomplishment for the Black community. Um, and then in terms of public comments specifically about Christine's work, um, there was just an echo of uh, powerful, strong, positive, vibrant, um, strong representation of families and recreations. And um, many people appreciated the focus on representing black communities. Um, one person commented, you know, they appreciate this representation because um, there are so few public sculptures of BIPOC uh, people um, uh, represented in the Bay Area. So it has that kind of additional significance um, in this location, in this context. Um, so I, I could go on and on, but just wanted to thank you again and just express how excited I am to be working with Christine on this project. Um, I wanted to also express, Ari, my deep, deepest gratitude for your incredible professionalism in running that panel. Um, it was actually a difficult panel because we had such strong proposals and there was extensive commentary. We went right up to the end of our discussion period, basically in terms of being able to discuss and decide with the finalists and, um, and Ari and Craig just did a stellar job. So thank you. Great, thanks so much, Ari. And thanks again, Commissioner Beltran for serving on that um, panel and for, um, Stafford, Craig, and Daphne, the movie just presenting, but Ari and the work that you guys are doing on the on this project and all the projects you guys work on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, all right, so let me double check where we are. I believe we are calling for public comment now. I'd like to call for public comment on item number five, the India Basin Shoreline Park. 
If you're listening to this meeting via the web link, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be put in queue. Please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. We're currently um, on item five, India Basin Shoreline Park. There is no public in person. Um, I'm not seeing any hands raised, but let's wait another 15 seconds. There is no public comment at this time. Great, then I'd like to ask for a motion. So move, Commissioner Beltran. Second, Commissioner Schneer. Thanks, Commissioners. All right, all those in favor, say yay. 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 <laughs> all those opposed, say nay. All right, thank you. The motion passes unanimously. Really quick, can I ask all the commissioners to move their mics slightly closer to them? Except Beltran, uh, JD, I think yours is okay, but everybody else a little bit more. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's call item number six. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number six is the 49 South Van S video wall. We have several discussions and possible actions to approve the conceptual design by Studio Miguel Arizabe LLC for the 49 South NS video wall project. Uh, to approve the conceptual design by Susanna Baron for the 49 South NS video wall project. To approve the conceptual design by David James Bayes for the 49 South NS video wall project. To approve the conceptual design by Chitra Ganesh for the 49th South NS Wall Project, Video Wall Project. To approve the conceptual design by Patrick Sean Gibson for the 49th South NS Video Wall Project. To approve the conceptual design by Lindsay Rothwell for the 49th South NS Video Wall Project. And last, to approve the conceptual design by Jeremy Rourke for the 49th South NS Video Wall Project. I'd like to introduce program associate Craig Kapora to present the item. Craig. Thank you so much. And um, welcome back, everyone. I'm presenting seven video concepts for the 49 South Venice video wall project. Um, just as a reminder that um, 49 South Venice is a relatively new city building and houses the permit center and the administrative offices of several city agencies, including um, building inspection, planning, and public works. Um, additionally, these artists were selected based on their past work, which is why we're showing uh, conceptual designs for approval now. And um, one member from five of the city agencies who work in were on the, on the panel, this selection. So um, I will be showing some uh, video works, and I'll have to close out of this application in order to get to the video. Anyway, there's going to be a little technological link here and there. So let's start with Miguel Arzabe. Um, <clears throat> Miguel Arzabe um, video is called Any Day Now, and it'll capture vignettes of everyday San Francisco city life from different perspectives. Among the banal comings and goings of the general populace, a bubble travels around the city on its own agenda. <laughs> a bubble is a meditation on the fragility of the human condition. <laughs> and so, um, So we, there's, we have a test video of this. 
might take a little time to load. This, is this going to be a sample of the work, or is it going to be the? This is this is a test shot of the video. Yeah, okay. yeah. just part of it. So. And I apologize. It looks like it's trying to download the video, which I thought was already downloaded. I um I got a schedule of the um, art events for the Marin Center, and one of the events in the summer is Bubble Man, who is going to do bubble sculptures, <laughs> which I thought, yeah, it's like, yeah, I want to go see that. Yeah, this is when you get about these events, you have to upgrade it, and you're not worried about the it's almost sorry, but sorry, I really apologize for this. Could be have it all worked out prior. And I apologize for the churchiness of the video. Can you bring the lights on, please? Thank you. And how long is this supposed to be? The, the video, um, once it's completed, it'll be three minutes. Okay. So, it, and he'll, um, um, the, the bubble will go travel around various locations. Right, it won't just be here. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. Are, um, was there any constraint on the video? Are all of them three minutes or? The videos will be one to three minutes. One to three minutes, okay. Oh. And so <laughs> next we have uh, Susanna Barone, and uh, Susanna is inspired by Chicano murals of the Bay Area. This video artwork attempts to expand the meaning of a mural. While this work won't physically modify the building, the placement of ice in front of the camera lens completely changes the city landscape. In many ways, it's a digital mural. Mm -hmm. Additionally, the, the decision to use ice is born out of Barone's Indigenous roots in Mexico, ice brings to mind the many snowy landscapes of Mexico, including where her ancestors are from in Zacatecas. With San Francisco being the home of many immigrants, she hopes that this imagery of ice will call to mind images of their respective homelands, uh, ideas of an ever-changing yet familiar landscape, and the realities of climate change. And so hopefully this one will load. Can you move your uh, mic, please? Oh, sure. 
a little faster. And so this is just, a, oh, it's not starting. Again, this is just a test shot, um, but this is kind of the concept that she is aiming for. Right. So, yeah, and, and so she'll have, um, these are just possible locations, but the, the locations will be more kind of distinctive of San Francisco um, in, the, in the final video. Next, we have David Bayes, and he kind of gave me a little presentation, so I'll kind of let this speak for itself a little bit. Um, his work is titled Polis, and it'll be a three-minute animated uh, short depicting shapes and movements observed in San Francisco. Um, buildings expand and contract. They build, um, build themselves up and tear themselves down. Figures are depicted simply and it, with an emphasis on motion that describes the routine of daily life, commuting, working, taking out the garbage, etc. Um, and so he's been... Um, taking images from his neighborhood for reference um, scenes around his uh, Excelsior neighborhood and and uh, putting them and uh, animating them. Here's another example of that. And then creating these figures. Um, the muscular figures seen throughout the piece are based on a drawing by the Hungarian-American socialist activist and artist Hugo Gilbert. Um, a depiction of constructive and destructive labor, the figure can be seen throughout the piece, demolishing walls, sawing wood, pushing and pulling people through the streets. Uh, at different moments in the piece, there will be um, presented figures called uh, Rolactics. These are based on medieval characters of people in positions of power and are considered some of the first uh, political cartoons. And then there's going to be more scenes of kind of domestic life to and um, these figures engaged in sitting on the couch or um, having a conversation in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. 
So let's do this test. This one, sorry about that. This one might take a little while to download again. I love how we learn so much about our city's history through our artists. <laughs> no idea about a lot of this stuff. This was previously downloaded when we um, tried it earlier. Good question. While this one is downloading, is there a way to download them all while we're going through this so they're actively uh, downloaded? Well, we have. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm really. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I think when we do this again, we'll have a different configuration of the presentation. And it, yeah. it's you. I guarantee you it's worth the wait. Here <laughs> okay, we have brownies. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Um, so it's like, okay. So, no, it's the It's literally like, it's kind of like a little city where everything is shaped like one. So this is actually the first um, like 40 to 50 seconds of, of the video. So, Craig, um, for commissioners who haven't been as involved with this, uh, the video wall project, could you give a little context with um, sort of like the size of the wall, where it's located, how long each one of these um, uh, artworks is going to be displayed and, and in terms of relationship to other ones that are going to be up and, and that sort of structure? Um, yes, so the uh, the video wall is located in um, the front of the building at 49 Dallas South Fairness. It's actually right on the street. Um, the size of the video screen is, it's a, it's actually two 60 by 9 um, aspect ratio screens that are um, abutting each other. So the aspect ratio is uh, 32 by 9. Yes. And um, so it's kind of a unique um, video format. The videos will be displayed all consecutively. We have 11 artists total. And um, currently we are unsure about the rotation of them, but it, it's likely that they'll play every hour. Uh, each video will be one to three minutes in length. Um, can you uh, 
Commissioner McCoy here, if you can uh, just share just a little bit more information too. Like, do we have any pictures of the wall? Is this going to be displayed during daylight hours? Yes, so um, regretfully, I don't have any pictures of the wall in my presentation, um, but I can get those. I will, I will uh, be presenting again next month with a couple other, a couple other video artists. Um, they will be shown throughout the day and possibly during the evening hours. But the, but the building is a, it's a public building, so it closes at night. You can see it in the street. Yeah. Or glass, right? Yeah. Okay, and then just another question. Um, um, uh, just because I'm coming up to speed here, I I'm just curious about the uh, artist selection here. And is that uh, was that paneled or? It was a yeah, it was a panel, and we had um, two arts professionals. Um, Nabil served on the panel as well, and then we had uh, five um, individuals who worked in the building. Yeah, and one of them was, is the building manager. And then I, I have after I present these to the committee, I meet these with the building manager as well. Yeah, this was also first of its kind, you know, for the commission. Um, as far as having a digital wall, like we've never had that before. So, you know, also, um, it's a, you know, it's a decent budget, but it's also like not a big budget for, for like an issue. I would say like to get a lot of, I mean, I think we, we saw a lot, a lot of work and, and uh, there was a, you know, there was just a lot of it that they maybe would work, you know, because it, some stuff is made for audio and things like that. So the work has to be something that just visually works on its own because there is no audio and, um, and it's just a sample of, you know, it's just, this is like the second iteration of first they gave us sort of a. Yeah, they presented their, their previous work um, yeah. in their applications. And then this is the, what their conceptual ideas of what they're proposing to me. Was the uh, part of the requirements for this to relate back to the city? Um, I mean, to what? It, a part was well, part of the requirement for the artists in this video pre presentation to have uh, display work that has a connection to San Francisco directly to. No, I don't remember that. Okay, no. I mean, it, there was many different. I'm just trying to understand the, yeah, yeah, yeah. like what I'm seeing and there was why the selections. It made. could relate to the city. It, um, it was relating to the urban environment and the natural environment related to the, the, the specific work that's done in the building as well. And how long will these uh, video pieces be up? Yeah, that's a good question. I think indefinitely right now. Yeah, the the video wall will actually um, also be showing um, videos from uh, the other city departments housed in, in in that building. So it'll be it'll be interspersed between those uh, videos from DPW or Parks and Rec. Yeah, there are several um, agencies that are in that building. You've got um, uh, planning and uh, uh, building. Um, building inspection. And yeah, you've got a lot of them. And so it, these will be interspersed with information about what's it, what are the different departments in the building and stuff. Um, so that's kind of part of the idea, too, which actually was leading to a, a question about 
somebody has to orchestrate how this is all going to work together. <laughs> Who's in charge of that? Uh, I'm, I'm working closely with the assistant building manager, who is the um, individual who knows how to run the, the video call. So, yeah, working closely with him. Ah, so you are the director. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then just one more point um, about the panel as well. Um, I'd say the majority of panels, uh, there's one opportunity for one artist. Occasionally panels like this, there's opportunities for several artists. So the panel, I have been lucky enough to be on one like that where we um, get to choose many artists. And I think that makes it a little more fun and a little less pressure as when you have, uh, you know, a bunch of great artists and you can only have one. So um, I hope that was fun. Nabil, I imagine this was a really fun um, panel to be on. It was 10. Since you guys, yeah, I think it was yeah. 10 in total. That was um, we have 11 artists. I love it. Yeah, and, it, and it's such an excellent opportunity to <clears throat> give public art um, opportunities for artists that we never usually work with. Artists. And there's quite a few of them. So um, next we have Chitra Gimish. Um, she does not have a clip, so we don't have to wait for that to load. Uh, the sequence of sequence of movements in this animation is inspired by breathwork practice known as coherent breathing, which has been developed as a synthesis of meditation and concentration practices that have roots in many ancient cultures. The body movements performed by figures in the video sequences harness a series of movements to a sequence of inhaling and exhaling which slows down the breathing process to approximately five breaths per minute. The breathwork paired with movements aids with aligning the sympathetic nervous system and has proven very helpful for treating anxiety, depression, PTSD, and building capacity and spa spaciousness within ourselves to better endure the stresses of everyday life. Introducing this content on the, to the site at hand the liminal, liminal space located in a public municipal building is an opportunity to offer an experience of coherent and potentially synchronized breathing as a moment of tranquility during movements of waiting in or passing through a highly trafficked administrative space. Hmm. Okay, so next we have uh, Patrick Sean Gibson. Um, uh, he will use his hand-painted watercolor animation techniques to create portraits of his favorite San Franciscans. He'll be painting each figure multiple times, and then these paintings are strung together to bring movement and life to an otherwise static form of portraiture. He estimates about 20 to 50 individuals who include um, Margaret Kilgallen, Robin Williams, Lily Mays, Cecil Williams, Ruth Asawa, and Amy Tan. And so he's just showing kind of some references of how he works. So each one of the um, paintings is, is hand painted by him in watercolor. Um, it takes um, eight different paintings to create one second of video. And so he'll he'll be displaying them in this kind of frame. And the frame, the, 
the frame colors will relate to the individual um, being displayed. So for example, um, Willie Mays would have giant's colors in the um, frame area. Yeah. And then he doesn't have, these are just samples of his work. This one, right. Yeah. And I'll just show one more. Craig, do you know if, um, in terms of the final presentation of these videos, there's going to be um, title slides with the artist's name and perhaps maybe even a paragraph that contextualizes the work? Because I think that would be helpful. That doesn't, so in terms of because there is, there are so many disparate themes Correct. for someone who's like watching them in a row to be able to contextualize the whole program. Yeah. And I think would be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It is required for them to have a title page at the beginning, uh, announcing the title of the film and the artist. And then at the end, we'll have more extensive information as the medium and the length. Great. Yeah. Okay. Next, we have uh, Lindsay Rothwell. Um, using architect the architecture of 49 South Venice, Lindsay is creating a site-specific video that allows the viewer to travel through different perspectives of the building and its place within the city. The video will consist of two distinct parts with different aesthetics and software signaling different experiences of the space. The first half of the video is an architectural fly-through created, created in SketchUp and AutoCAD from the building's original drawings, which I was able to get um, for her from our building manager. The aesthetics of SketchUp and AutoCAD will be familiar, a familiar visual language to visitors applying for building permits and employees of the planning department. The fly-through gradually zooms into the video wall pavilion in which the, uh, where the video wall is housed. And the second part of the video begins with the viewer's passage through the curtain wall and into the pavilion's interior. Uh, the grid of the frame and the curtain wall become a portal of sorts. Once through this portal, the work's aesthetic changes into a hyper-realistic video rendering. 
There's a visual shift. The architecture remains recognizable, but there's a sense of being in another time and place. Initially, this rendered view will, will fill with fog and mist, obliterating the busy urban sound surroundings. As the fog clears, the city has disappeared, and the viewer will look due west to see ocean, horizon, and sky. The view will be the view they will in fact see from this geolocation is a city that's never been built. And finally, um, I can just add, sure. is, um, is she then what she's doing is she's going to start with like the line drawings and then go into the more rendered and go through like a day, you know, and ending with sunset. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think the video is supposed to kind of take place within a day. Okay, that's what I was going to discuss. Thanks. Yeah. And finally, we have Jeremy Bork, and his proposal is actually in the form of a video. So, um, when it loads. <laughs> I will play it. There's the video wall. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, is Sutro Tower will, will take a stroll around San Francisco. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Yeah, that one's really great. And um, that's it for the um, concept, the video concepts that I have to present to you. And happy to answer any more questions you may have. Um, I'm curious about something. When the the videos that are being made not animated, because animated like the color is more, you know, vibrant when they do, especially when they're painting and all that. But for example, like if if the ice video. Um, 
you know, depending on the artist itself, uh, are they good with color correction or things like that? We'll be able to offer, like we offer other artists, uh, you know, other yeah. ways to make their work more presentable. Yeah, I've actually already been in conversation with Matthew, who runs the video wall, to to provide this that opportunity for the artists. I'm actually doing one on the 27th with David Bayes. Good. Okay. Yeah, it's really important. You'll think understand the parameters of what they're working with. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much. This is, um, so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know what we're going to, you know, a lot of it we get. We just went on some ideas and some old videos that they had of other work. So uh, I think. Um, you feeling you know, good about it? Yeah, I mean, some of the work is a lot of effort. I mean, way more than, you know, making animation takes a lot of time. Yeah, it's very labor Painting animation takes a lot of time. So, yeah, there's certainly a lot of. So, it's good. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Musley, again, for serving on that panel um, and for your comments about the process. Um, any other comments that you have, Commissioner Musley, or anybody? Uh, any of the other uh, commissioners? Thanks again so much, Craig. And those were so fun. That was so fun to watch. Yeah, Even though it took okay. a little bit, it was worth it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that just makes me really excited just to see how uh, the finals will come out with those extended times. Yeah. Um, it also makes me excited for other opportunities to show those off. I know that they are made specifically for that space in that format. Um, but are you guys already formulating other opportunities to be able to show them or put them online? Yeah, we've thought about putting them online or having them accessible on YouTube or something. But the um, you know the aspect ratio is so specific, and just wondering if they will read as well in that mm -hmm. on that. But it's an option. Yeah, I mean, I think these are are so fun. It, it would be great to find a way to get them to a larger audience than yeah. just the folks that go to that building. The lucky folks that get to go to that building. <laughs> All right, great. Um, with no other commissioner comments or discussion, then I'd like to call for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number six, the 49 South NS video wall? All right, there is no public in person. So if you are listening via the web link and you'd like to make public comment, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. Um, we are currently on item number six, 49 South Venice video wall. Not seeing any hands, but we'll give another 15 seconds. There is no public comment at this time. Thanks, Tara. All right, then I'd like to ask for a motion. So move, Commissioner Beltran. Second, Commissioner Schneer. Thank you, Commissioners. And um, I'd like to call the vote. All those in favor say yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all those opposed say nay. All right, great. Motion passes unanimous, unanimously. Thanks, Tara. Thanks, Commissioners. All right, let's move to item number seven. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number seven is the 2023 Art on Market Street poster series. We have a discussion and possible action to approve the nine final uh, designs by Rena Ayuyang. 
uh, for the 2023 Art on Market Street kiosk poster series. I'd like to reintroduce Program Associate Craig Kapora to present the item. Craig. Thanks again. Um, I am presenting Rena's um, final designs for her poster series, which is titled Finding Filipino. And this commemorates the history and contributions made by Filipinos in San Francisco. The Filipino community makes up the largest Asian group in California, yet is still striving for representation, especially in media and politics. The posters include her, the account of her family's immigration story, which begins in San Francisco. Each poster will highlight neighborhood landmarks, a neighborhood's landmarks or annual events around the city as they relate to Filipino history, culture, and community. The narrative is told from a first person's pr perspective, making it an intimate experience when um, viewing and interacting with the work. So just a, a few of the subjects. This one is of uh, Victoria Vicky Manalo Draves, who was born in Soma and became the first Asian American to win a gold medal at the Olympics, and was the first woman to win both springboard and platform diving events. There is a park named after her on Folsom and Sherman Street near the Bessie Carmichael School where she and her sister attended. What was her name again? Vicky Manolo Draves. And then um, another poster. Uh, uh, of an annual event at Yerba Buena Garden celebrating the Filipino community. Ironically, the there were thousands of Filipinos that were displaced due to the redevelopment that makes space for the very park where this annual event takes place. And this is the Ribbona poster. And yes, those are the final slides. Happy to answer any questions you may have on the project. Thanks so much, Craig. Um, as always, these are so delightful to see how they tell the San Francisco story through the eyes of a San Francisco artist and, you know, talking about the history of the culture um, of families um, and neighborhoods. That's it's just always so inspiring to see this um, the series of, of posters. Uh, just in context as well, uh, this poster series has been going on how long now, Craig? Uh, Several years. Uh, how many how many series are we in now? For comics or in general? Uh, the kiosk poster series. Um, this is the thirty first year. The thirty first year. Oh wow. And then specifically in the comic uh, comics. This is the second year. Second year. Oh wow. Why do I feel like there was one before that? Maybe it's just so impactful last year. We did have a comment, a couple of comment artists do um, mm. poster series prior to it being an all comics year. Oh, okay. Okay, great. So yeah, so this is an ongoing um, series and project of beautifying the, um, uh, the Muni um, bus station bus shelters. and bus shelters uh, at the bus stops on Market Street. Um, and then, yeah, just really giving an opportunity in a big format to tell stories that make it readable for people that are going to be standing there or walking past anyway. Um, so, yeah, I want to open it up if there's any commission comments or questions for Craig. Uh, 
Craig, I have a, a quick question about the attribution of the artist. Is it on the lower right hand side? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because we want people to know who did this. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it'll be so these posters uh, at mm -hmm. full size are 68 inches. Ah, okay. So they're quite large. Great. Um, how long are these posters? Uh, how long is it for a year commitment? Are these up or is it? Is there a time period? We, um, we actually commission four artists per year and four per year. Okay. There's uh, three art, three month. Exhibitions of the work. Okay, and this is um, scheduled for what months? This will be up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this will be um, installed in April. April. End of June. Thank you. Any other commissioner comments or questions? Looks great. Uh, this whole series has been delightful. Yeah, thanks so much, Greg. Good job. This whole, this whole series is just so nice. It's nice to um, see it continue and we'll see what we come with the, uh, the next one. Is the next one also gonna be uh, cartoon related or comic related, sorry. Mm -hmm. We're still it hasn't been decided. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Excited yeah. to see whatever it is. Yes. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Craig. Great job. Does the bus don't some of the bus have a digital screen too? Was, was this will this be presented on a digital screen or so we are um we will be presenting more information when we have it, but there is some discussion with MTA presently to transfer from these paper um, posters into the digital kiosk. They're moving away from the, you know, from that format into the digital kiosks. Yeah. So we are in conversation with um, MTA about possibly transitioning um, for the next, uh, for the next year. Okay. With that, um, with that in mind, um, would this open up um, the door for other type of art format? Side poster, if there's a digital, could it be, you know, could it be animation? Could it be? I don't know if those, those, if it's a video wall. Yeah, I don't know if those, those digital kiosks do animated. Um, oh, or not. I've only seen static images on them. So, yeah, I'm not hooker. Yeah, we could ask. Yeah. And I guess the other question is, once it becomes digital, is is it um, going to be interspersed with advertising? Yes, it would be. Okay. So we we we're just beginning the conversation. We really need to understand what the format is and how it's presented, and the timing. Um, it does you know change obviously the presentation that we're doing now and how it how people experience it. Right. So, you know, once we have that information and we can really kind of ask these additional questions, we'll of course come back to the. Visual Arts Committee for an update. Is that MTA? It's MTA. Okay. And Clear Channel. And, and Clear Channel. Oh, that's right. Clear Channel. Yeah, you sell the gifts. Okay, great. And just a quick question too. While it is still in a printed format, do these go to the artist at the end of the run? Do they have the option of taking them? Um, Yes, yeah, so what I usually get the full size posters back from um, their channel and I um, make a full set and give those to the artists. Well, that's awesome. Great. All right, thank you so much, Craig. And checking for any additional comments or questions by commissioners. 
Seeing none, I'd like to call, call for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number seven, the 2022 Art on Market Street poster series? There is no public in person, so I'm looking for public comment virtually. If you are listening to this meeting via WebEx link, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing up more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. We're currently on item 7, 2023 Art on Market Street poster series. Not seeing any hands. Let's wait 15 more seconds. There is no public comment at this time. Thanks, Tara. All right, I'd like to call for a motion. So move, Commissioner Beltran. Second, Commissioner Schneer. Thanks, commissioners, and call for the vote. All those in favor, say yay. 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 <laughs> All those opposed, say nay. Motion passes unanimously. Thanks, everyone. All right, let's call item number eight. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue, and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number eight is the ambulance deployment facility. I will introduce project manager Marcus Davies to present the item. Marcus, Great, thank you. you. Good afternoon, everybody, and nice to see you all in person after a few years of big work together on tiny screens. <laughs> so, and good to meet you as well, uh, Commissioner McCoy. Um, I am here this afternoon uh, seeking approval of a recently completed artwork titled Serving the City. Um, completed recently in just the last few weeks. Uh, the artwork is by Michael Bartolos for Fire Station 49, which is the city's ambulance deployment facility located at 2241 Gerald Avenue in the Produce Market District, several blocks east of the Bayshore Freeway. So the artwork, artwork, this is the front entrance. The artwork consists of 21 10-foot high cut and painted steel panels mounted to the facility's entrance and exit gate. And in the artist's words, the art imagery speaks to the history and visual vernacular of our emergency medical services, fire suppression, and the communities they serve, and references emblems, insignia, and badges associated with emergency medical response. The artwork also illustrates general fire department operations, as well as San Francisco's neighborhoods and landmarks. Serving the city aims to communicate the fire department's mission to quote unquote protect the lives and property of the people of San Francisco. And to this end, it suggests strength, courage, and continuous commitment to their work. I am happy to answer any questions if you have them. Uh, I, I actually um, don't have any questions, Marcus, but I have a huge compliment, and that is at um, the mayor's State of the City address. Uh, I guess that was a month ago or so. I was approached by um, Janine Nicholson, who is the chief of the fire department and who in prior artist selection committees had worked with us um, for years, selecting artists for fire department buildings. And she um, really sought me out and told me how thrilled the fire department was with Michael's design. And yeah, which is, was really great. She says everyone, you know, the entire staff and all of the um, employees in the fire department were just so happy and delighted with how that turned out. Um, and I also wanted to, um, again, laud the public art program because Michael's very first public art commission was Mission Playground on Valencia Street many years ago. Um, before that, he was a lauded um, graphic 
artist who'd actually designed um, designs for U.S. postage stamps and had this amazing, very rich and wonderful whimsical style as a graphic artist. And so he was thrilled to get that Mission Playground commission and since then has become, you know, a very um, respected uh, public artist, both in the city and elsewhere. So another great success story for our public art program. Fantastic. Thanks. It's nice to hear that the port is here, here. Has percolated up and out. Uh, the chief has actually stopped, but they're in and out of this location often. And Chief Nicholson has made a point of stopping by and thanking and complimenting the artist in person, which oh, that's is so above and beyond. It's fantastic. Um, we're in discussion with the fire department currently planning opening events, and we will keep all the commissioners surprised as that uh, as plans kind of come together in the next few months. Okay. And I understand that the mayor has shown interest in perhaps attending and the chief and um, it should be fun and it will commemorate the second year anniversary of the opening of the facility. Um, as well, so the timing is perfect. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mary. Yeah, thank you. Um, yes, there also is an because the iconography is so. Complex and and there's such a depth to it. Um, we're actually working on a large scale um, plaque that will serve essentially as a key to the imagery um, that Michael has selected and and is depicted in the artwork and that will be mounted on the interior of the station. Um, which is just actually, you can see the, the, the building that's kind of center image there with the number 23 on it. It's uh, the artwork will be mounted uh, on the exterior wall at the primary entrance in and out of the building for the building's per personnel. So it will, there'll be a lot of eyes on it. And uh, the text is really rich and interesting and we're hoping it invites, uh, you know, further, further viewing and reading. And I really think it enriches the artwork once you understand the context of this, all of this imagery. In concert, I, I am hoping. <laughs> I know it's extra work, but it would be really great to see a before and after picture because the before fence was this really awful cyclone fence. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, and so, yeah, this is such a dramatic improvement. Thank you. Like Hogan's hero vibe to it there. Um, yeah, so good point. Perfect. Any other questions? Um, I have a quick question. I'm sure it's probably too far in the process, but there's no way to put the plaque um, out front where the public can also see what the key is. The plaque is quite large, and we're worried in this location about the potential oh, sure. for vandalism and damage. Um, we're entertaining the idea of kind of supplementary artist ID plaque, and that's we're currently exploring it. That's really uh, dependent on budget, and the balance of the, the project budget. So TBD. It's a something that's been in discussion for sure. Okay, great. Is there a possible for like a QR code or something like that for people? It's a great idea. Yeah, um, a really great idea. I'll discuss that with 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 the team and the client, and we'll see if there's possibility there. Okay. Yeah, good suggestion. Though. Yeah, it's great suggestion. It's such a cool event. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, right. Marcus. Any other right. questions, comments? All right, then I would like to um, ask for the motion. So move, Commissioner Beltran. Second, Commissioner Schneer. Thank you, Commissioners, and uh, call for vote. All those in favor, say yay. 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 All opposed, say nay. Oh, sorry. Back up. Sorry. <laughs> I would like to call for public <laughs> comments. <laughs> right. So. There is no public in person. If you are on the line and want to make public comment, please 
raise your hand if you're calling by phone please press star three to be put in the queue please press only once because pressing up more than once removes you from the queue instructions are on the screen um there are no hands but we'll wait 15 more seconds there is no public comment great thank you um we already called the motion i don't believe we need to do that again all right and the motion passed unanimously. Let's move on to item number nine. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marcus. And yes, do keep us posted on um, on the opening of that. All right, item number nine. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue, and you will be called on at the appropriate yeah, sorry. time. Um, number item number nine is the Judas Streetscape. This item has been tabled. So we'll move forward to item number 10. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number 10 is the Civic Art Collection Fiscal Year 2022 Annual Report. And this is a discussion. I would like to introduce Senior Registrar Allison Cummings to present the item. Allison, I'm back. Continued good afternoon, commissioners. <laughs> um, this is an item that um, historically director of public art and myself uh, give an annual uh, report based on the fiscal year. We've done it the last four years or so, I think, uh, part of this process. And um, of course, talking today about fiscal year 2022, which ended in um, end of June uh, 2022. So we're catching up, if you will. <laughs> and we figured that today was a good time to do these reports as we're all back in person and we have new commissioners and it's a good uh, sort of background about the collection and the work we do and um, commissioning new works as well. So we'll try to make it um, efficient as possible. So I'm going to talk again about work that the uh, Civic Art Collection staff uh, in care of the Civic Art Collection has done over the, over the last fiscal year, which was FY22, so uh, uh, July 2021 to June uh, 2022. We'll talk a little bit about our budget, uh, where our funding comes from, also uh, how we spent it during this time frame, and then a summary of our work, some project highlights, and collections management statistics, and then looking forward to the work that we're doing this year and, and to come. That's uh, Buoyant Bay by Owen Smith, a project that was realized in 2021. Okay, exciting text and graphs. <laughs> so I swear I interspersed some, some good looking pictures in here. So uh, we have a couple of different funding sources that help us care for the collection. And again, a little bit of background, Civic Art Collection is approximately 4,000 pieces located throughout the city and county of San Francisco. Uh, we have a robust, about a thousand piece, uh, large scale, permanently sited collection and about a 3,000 piece two-dimensional or smaller scale collection that's dispersed through buildings. Uh, we have been historically funded uh, under the capital budget from the city, uh, capital budget allocations. And this graph shows last 23 years of, of funding allegations, and it's a little bit hard to read, but you can see where we were in 2000 and how far we've come since that time with real um, increases in starting to occur in 2014, 2015, uh, which is around the time that we completed our inventory, first wall-to-wall -wall inventory in the, at that time, 80-year history of the collection. 
and I'll talk a little bit more about some some time points on this table later. Um, our tenure, we do a tenure uh, a projection for the controller's office every few years. Uh, right now, uh, we estimate that our overall need for care of the collection is about 1.8 million. And this comes out of our um, cost modeling system, which is a tool that we use that helps us uh, integrate the, the size of the collection, what it's made out of, where it's located, and um, project costs uh, to, to care for it over time. Uh, it's a tool that we built ourselves. It's a proprietary tool that we worked with Data SF a few years ago to build. Um, and you'll see that at uh, our height, uh, which was 2019, and into 2020, just as the pandemic set in, we were um, uh, we were being allocated uh, approximately $900,000 a year to care for the collection, which dropped to 111, roughly for 21. Uh, and we're in the process of trying to, uh, you know, get back to those pre-pandemic funding structures uh, the best we can. Um, and at this point, you know, looking at what we had anticipated, assuming that the pandemic hadn't happened, we're at, we're about uh, 1.6 million behind where we would like to have been at this point, or what we would have anticipated should funding structures had stayed the same. So we have two main buckets that our funding comes from. And the first one I just mentioned is as capital funds. This is out of the um, general fund from the city. And then we have other funds, which is various under other sources, which is like the 10% set aside that comes out of art enrichment projects. Um, sometimes we get funds from a specific city project that we need to relocate an artwork. So for example, what I was speaking about earlier, moving Sentinels uh, on that campus, that's a project that will be funded by uh, city college. Um, and then sometimes we get ad backs from supervisors and other departments, donations and grants, right? So this graph shows for FY22, we uh, spent 220,000 um, out of capital funds and 270,000 out of other funds. Um, it's the first time in a while that using uh, utilizing other funds exceeded our, uh, our, our capital funds, right? Um, and then some historic data there about where we were at FY19, FY20. And you can see a significant shift <laughs> because, because the money isn't there uh, to spend. So 1.3 million, 1.4 million, FY19, FY20, uh, down to about 500,000 in FY22. This is a detail of how we spent our money um in 22 and these numbers actually i mean the numbers change but the pie slices don't really change that much year to year unless there's a significant event that we have to account for so in terms of meaning like we're, we're looking at the normal percentage you know over about two-thirds of our allocations usually are spent on conservation and relocation projects about uh uh you know another portion on maintenance and vandalism the, the pie does not change so much year to year but in this case we're spending a lot less on conservation and relocation in 2022 than we did in 2019. Um, and now so some uh, summary projects of things that we worked on in this time frame uh, broken down between different types of projects so some straight conservation projects we did uh, 
glass repair at the SFO that's on the, we'll, we'll, we will walk right up to the sun. That's a Sarah Kane piece at SFO. It uh, encountered a baggage cart. <laughs> and um, was repaired, Judson Studios came up from, um, technicians from Judson Studios came up from uh, Los Angeles and it was repaired successfully. And we worked closely with the registrars and conservator at SFO Museums as well, who helped us care for that collection located there. And then uh, First Responder Plaza, this is a piece by Paul Koss at the Public Safety Building. Um, at the start of the pandemic had, um, uh, was having mechanical issues. That bell rings at noon every day, three times. Uh, and it had gone for a significant amount of time uh, not ringing. It required a uh, overhaul of the motor that runs the bell um, and some replacement parts. So we were able to um, accomplish that in uh, 2022. Another type of project that we tend to have are these relocations. And we often will, if we can take the opportunity to do conservation on an artwork during a relocation project. This is Red Gothic, another artwork by Aristides Demetrios. We have a few in the collection. This is out in the Richmond in an area of the city that does not have a significant amount of public art. Uh, so this was a project that was advocated for by the community. Uh, and then we worked closely with our partners at Reckon Park to help realize and share costs as they were doing a um, uh, re-landscaping project at the park around the same time. Born again. And we've also taken this time to do assessments when we can. So if we have less funding, often we can sort of recalibrate and do assessments so that we can be ready when funding does come to do projects that uh, are, are essentially shovel ready or that we know we have a need and get some of this pre-work out of the way. Uh, and this is one of those projects. This is uh, the Dewey Monument located in Union Square. Uh, it hadn't undergone a structural evaluation in some time, I think since the parking garage had last been retrofitted. So uh, we took it on to do an assessment uh, which had its own inherent challenges. We ended up doing it by drone. That was a first. Uh, and so the image is on the right. You can see her from the drone. Um, and it will info. We were able to also uncover a lot of the historic documentation about the piece. Uh, it does not uh, have any structural concerns at the moment, which is fantastic. However, we do need to do some work on it. So hopefully in the coming years, we can allocate funding to do that. It'll be a much more um, robust project to having to requiring scaffolding and more significant time and presence at Union Square while we do that work. And another conservation assessment that we undertook during this time frame it was on Sanctuario. This is a, a piece by Juana Alicia and Emmanuel Montoya at uh, the IT at SFO, and this is a piece that we've been aware of for some time. It's starting to have some condition issues. Uh, it is fresco and then also these wooden sculpture elements. And we've noted that the fresco at seams, uh, the panel seams are starting to, is cracking and falling away. So we're working closely with uh, conserv Conservation Stream and SFO Museums to uh, do this project. It is a very difficult project to schedule uh, because we have to close a gate at the airport and uh, it requires night work uh, as well. So um, it's, it's something that we're sort of at the uh, uh, whim, not the whim, but we're sort of at the direction of the airport and their security team. And so when we can do that, we're hoping for fall this fall. Uh, so we'll that's a significant piece and we need to get it treated um, as soon as we can. 
Another aspect to the work that we do in caring for the collection. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> back in, okay. Almost. <laughs> okay. Vandalism abatement, everybody's favorite topic. We do experience significant vandalism to the collection, just like most built surfaces uh, uh, in the city. Highlights from this year, most of our uh, sort of familiar characters, uh, we did 29 uh, treatment projects in 2022. It's about our average. That, uh, at the height of times when we're having issues, we can often get to 45 or 50 treatment projects annually. Uh, so this was a little bit lower volume uh, in, in 2022. That's the Balto at Golden Gate Park, Asher Bonapolo Theater and Civic Center, McKinley Monument at the end of the Panhandle is an often hit uh, uh, piece. We treat it actually on a quarterly basis, just regardless because it's vandalized so much. Uh, and then the Christine Corday uh, at uh, Moscone, which is even a relatively new hospital, receives a significant about amount of undesirable attention, if you will. Um, and we work closely with our partners at Moscone Center. Uh, on that one. And then arts commission or our civic art collection staff uh, are really active also in the process with our um, uh, partners in the in the program who are commissioning new works. So we advise on materials uh, for new commissions. Um, we document installations. We accession the works into the collection um, and uh, uh, you know, do photography and general support because ultimately when a project is finished, it becomes a part of the collection and we have to care for it. So it's, uh, we need to have the documentation on hand and we need to do our best to have artworks that are made out of materials that we can actually care for successfully. Uh, we, as you know, because you've been in these meetings monthly, <laughs> we are at a time of really unprecedented volume of projects. Um, it's fantastic and there's a tremendous amount of good work happening. It also means that our work is increasing <laughs> and our collection is increasing at a pretty significant rate. So um, uh, as our budgets are going down, <laughs> so something to, to, to keep note of. A lot of projects completed in FY22 and of course are carrying into FY23. We'll hear more about next year. I showed you uh, Buoyant Bay by Owen Smith at the um, front of the presentation. This is Bow by Walter Hood. Um, and we have, of course, pieces that were completed at the Southeast Family Health Center, uh, the Central Subway projects, of course. Uh, we did a significant amount of work on them in, in this time frame, and then multiple projects in this as well. We've also been hard at work at our Monuments and Memorials Advisory Committee project. Um, this uh, started in January of 2021, um, the in-person, or excuse me, the, the meet committee meetings completed in November 2022 and we anticipate the report uh, soon to be presented to commission. Another a significant project that came out of the um, monuments uh, coming down in June of 2020. Uh, this is the culmination of three years of work uh, uh, evaluating and coming up with recommendations uh, for next steps. Um, and so all this information that's there is on our website, uh, also showing a map uh, uh, that was created that shows our monuments that are in the care of the collection. We have 98 uh, uh, located throughout the city. Okay, dry slide here. Um, <laughs> uh, 
We completed 12 artworks, commissions and purchases during FY22, 77 archive records, uh, uh, created and managed and embarked, embarked as our uh, uh, collections management database. Um, we moved approximately 160 artworks, 116 artworks throughout the city, either things that were coming off loan or going on loan or otherwise being relocated, um, including a project, several projects at the mayor's office uh, suite. Um, we responded to um, yeah, 45 to 50 research and photo requests regarding works in the collection during this time. Um, and then we had some opportunities to speak about the collection and other um, collections related, public art collections related uh, uh, issues at um, a few conferences, the um, Association of Registrars and Collection Specialists, as well as a workshop for the Raymond Foundation. And finally, um, look, looking forward, continuing, <laughs> we're what, month, uh, month eight? <laughs> looking forward and current work, um, continuing to actively, uh, you know, uh, uh, continue our active conservation projects, um, utilizing a triage approach, using whatever resources we have and trying to prioritize uh, uh, need. Uh, we have uh, and are filling um, the Civic Art Collection Project Manager. Uh, we've been down a position for about nine months. Um, and so uh, looking forward to hopefully introducing that person at our next BAC meeting. Uh, and then we also have a um, uh, temporary part-time uh, registrar who's been assisting us with a backlog of, of accessions, Erin um, Pruitt, who joined us uh, back in um, December? Yes, November, December, somewhere in there. <laughs> She's been doing fantastic work. We're completing the Monuments and Memorials Advisory Committee, and we will begin initiating, initiating recommendations, and then continuing to advocate for collections care funding. Uh, as we always do, attempting to uh, reachieve pre-pandemic thresholds. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna end it there. I you know I have this additional slide that just talks a little bit more about our funding, but I think it's probably time to turn it over to Mary. <laughs> These are a few of the points within our history that show, you know, uh, how we were able to sort of increase our, our funding with the city, and then um, you know where the pandemic occurred. So. That's it. Answer any questions. <laughs> um, Five months. <laughs> great. Uh, I I have a couple. Go ahead. You want to go? No, go ahead. Go first. Okay. Um, I have a couple of questions. One, can you go two slides back? Um, right there. Yeah, under professional development. So, um, as many of you may or may not have been aware, um, Allison, when did you start? 2007. <laughs> so in 2007, we were most fortunate to steal Allison away as the registrar from the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. And she is just a complete rock star. As you can see in professional development and in the bottom two entries, um, you know, she, her, how she runs our civic art collection is admired all over the country. And she's asked to speak at professional conferences. Um, she is just been such an enormous asset. She oversaw the very first 2014 to 2015 wall-to-wall -wall inventory of our collection, which we had wanted to do for decades. And that, that it's in itself, essentially, in um, completing that inventory, which was an enormous job, um, and being able to get digital images and, and 
get all the information and get a database so that we could actually show off our collection. Um, and also just, um, just the fact that she has been able to accomplish all of this work, particularly in the last couple of years when we've been under funding challenges. I particularly wanted to point out that when our prior executive director or uh, um, Tom DeCaney worked with Allison to literally convince um, the mayor's office, which at the time was a mayor Edwin Lee, that our civic art collection was a capital asset, which was instrumental in us, you know, that, and before that it had never been considered that. It was considered something that was, you know, um, something that the arts commission did over in that corner <laughs> was collect art. And it was never given the same treatment that when a sidewalk needed to be repaired, there was always money in the city budget to do that. When an artwork needed to be repaired, we had something like a $10,000 budget for an $80 million collection. It was ridiculous. Um, and now over the years, as you can see through those really great, very high red bars, <laughs> um, our, <laughs> our civic art collection has earned the respect of the city in terms of how both how valuable it is and how critical it is to, re to repair it and to conserve it as an asset. Um, so I just wanted to give Allison a huge hand. And our team. I should also mention, of course, I mentioned the positions that we're filling now, and of course, Tara. <laughs> Peter. Yay! Uh, and including Mary, too. Yes, I'm sorry. So thank you very much. I did have a, a technical yeah. question, and you said that um, in the budget, the 10% uh, was from the art enrichment set aside. Is that within each? new commission budget or how does the set aside work? Could you explain that? Correct. Okay. So uh, basically each new commission and Mary can probably explain it better. 10% uh, of that 2% is set aside for conservation. The challenge that we have is that those funds are bond funds that sunset. So we can't keep them very long. So we do our best to either utilize them immediately within the site or within the, as much as we can. Uh, we have uh, via the ordinance, the ability to spread those funds. If we have, if there's other artwork within that facility that's older, we can legally use that money on that. We can use it, again, your example today, in, the, in a fire department, if there's another fire station that has artwork that we uh, need to work on, we can transfer that money and use it there. We do our best to do that, but it's a challenge. Or we can uh, ask the department to try to switch out those bond funds for funds that'll last longer. So it's great, but it's also a challenge, right? So that's, you know, the intent was there in the ordinance to think about um, conservation and care from the beginning, irrespective of the fact that they are funds that actually expire. So, and we can't use them necessarily on our monuments or older pieces in the collection that are throughout the city. So the capital funds really go to take care of those works that are outside of the art enrichment, uh, 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 you know, uh, works that have come in that way. Uh, so that, yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just spoke first of all, uh, as I agree with JD, you are a rock star and we do appreciate it. And I do remember back when we first started the, that you started the momentous task of trying to get the database of all of this. I kind of feel it's like that Raiders of the Lost Ark where they kind of just put it all the way in the back in the warehouse. You know, it's like one of those things, oh my God, how are we going to pull that out? So major congratulations on, on getting that all together. It's incredible. I did have one quick question, which was about the Joseph Kosuth piece. Oh, wait. 
the uh, neon. neon on it. Mm -hmm. Where does that stand in terms of getting that fixed? Yeah, <laughs> working on it. We are working, we are on, working it. on it. Um, we were kind of primed to uh, have the fabricator who's based in um, Italy come out when COVID happened. And so it delayed significantly um, the ability for the fabricator to come out and travel and to see what those particular issues were with the neon outage that was happening. So we did do one round of fixes with the transformers. We had an electrician go out, remove um, and test the transformers. It did fix certain issues. Mm -hmm. um, you know, unfortunately we had all these storms and really bad weather and it has resulted in more neon going out. The next step is to get the fabricator to come out, um, do some reproduction of the neon and bring it out and test it and make sure that, you know, the way that it's attached to the building is done correctly and securely. Um, so it is um, in progress. And unfortunately, what I've learned from this process too is a lot of the, the gases that are used in neon come from the Ukraine and the supply has really impacted the cost and the ability of the neon fabricators mm -hmm. to create work. So there's been a lot of factors mm -hmm. that have gone into more than a, a slower kind of response rate than we would have otherwise had, I think, in, in um, fixing uh, uh, the the broken neon. Russia is the biggest producer of neon. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you for explaining that. I appreciate it. I'm sorry it's become such a headache because it's a wonderful piece. I hope we're able to do something. Yes. Thanks. Um, I have a couple questions as a newbie here. Um, uh, just trying to understand some of the financials a little bit here. Um, I was just looking at the 1.8. Is that the need for this year? That is the need. Like when we estimate out a 10 year projection, that's annual need averages out to 1.8 across the board, right? You know, it's an estimate. What is there? Uh, is there a growth rate that you apply uh, annually okay. based on the acquisitions? Uh, there's a. There is an interest uh, at 1.5% uh, of, of uh, which is no longer um, uh, as viable, right? When we're looking right. at four and a half percent and six percent, you know, in inflation. Uh, so we're actually working with Data SF to re rework our tool to get it more up to date with what has happened with the, the, the last several years. Yeah. So I expect that number to grow. Uh, it does grow because we run the cycle every year. And we add the new works into the cycle, so it anticipates that, but it's essentially a new set of data every year. It doesn't. It, it doesn't and it actually, and it's 1 of the things we're working on data SF with because our rate of acquisition is fluctuates so much. Right? Some like 2 years ago, I think we accession because we had a large 2, two dimensional. Groups of work that we did like 250 pieces this last year was 12. So it's hard to sort of over time. But that's a that's a good point. And yeah, I guess I'm just trying to understand if we have the mechanism in place to understand if we have a space where we know we can not acquire because we don't have the funds for maintenance. Is there a, anything? There's no threshold. <laughs> There's no threshold. There's no threshold. And then also, sorry, just yeah. learning here. Um, how do we how do we address the uh, the budget deficit? Because even. Um, when I was looking at the uh, the pre-pandemic, we were still 
quite under or under a million, and the need for those years was at 1.4, 1.3. So we're, we've we've always seems like we've been office, uh, operating in a deficit. So how's that shortfall addressed, and how's that funded? Right. So I would say that all of the city agency, I mean, we all operate under a deficit, like Rec and Parks, you right. know, deferred maintenance need always exceeds what they have. So it's a triage approach, right? We yeah. do our best to um, plan ahead, anticipate what we're going to encounter. And then, of course, 60 to 70 percent of the time, it's unanticipated things that happen <laughs> okay. that we have to shift gears and put the funds towards that. So Okay. That was the kind of that's, my prioritization question. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> Uh, I kind of like the when we had the the uh, you and George split how a lot of the monuments were taken down. That was an anticipated yes. huge budget. That was, yeah. yeah, and then until until the um, public art collection was considered a capital asset, essentially, you know, having a ten thousand dollar budget for conservation for a multi million collection. It was deferred maintenance, essentially, just priorities about in terms of what we needed to fix immediately and, and just doing a triage. Yeah. I think the, the question just comes up is like, is there yeah. ever a point that we have to actually have a different conversation about, you know, what are we doing as far as the things that we're acquiring versus what we're, we can actually maintain? And I think there's, uh, you know, points for advocacy in the sense that it is a it is an unfunded mandate from the city charter that the Arts Commission cares for this collection, but it doesn't assign an actual budget line item for it. So, you know, the continued advocacy, I think, within capital and so on and so forth. And in answer to your question, we are actually mandated to um, use a percentage of the building budget for public art. So it's not like we can stop. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. That's what the, right. where the question yeah. came in. Sure. Like, sure. It's a lot of mandates. Right? Yeah. Seventy-two <laughs> percent mandate. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> Which brings me to a question, actually. Um, I know, and I, I've chatted with Mary about this. Um, with the property funds being very limited in how they can be used, um, now that it's been implemented for a few years, I'm sure staff, especially, has a better understanding of the pros and cons to how it's written, um, and the ability to get more flexible with how that might be spent, spent on upkeep of our collection and or uh, spread out of the uh, confines of where it needs to be placed so that it's more equitable in other parts of the city that do not have art. Um, so I know this is a conversation that, that is going on, but I also know this is legislative and that therefore it might really be inhibitive how how we can make this fit better the needs of what the Arts Commission work is. Um, so, I mean, I, I just want to mention that to forward that conversation, to be an advocate as well, um, get that on the radar. How do we compensate for we are supposed to add so much back to our collection but don't have the funding to mm -hmm. take care of that collection? And then also, yeah, the, the issues of uh, where and how those funds can be used to make sure that it's spread a little bit more equitably across our, our city. Um, but yeah, so to further that conversation, I don't know if it needs to be new legislation and that gets a little bit maybe scary and touchy because we don't want to lose the funding either. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, how do we make it work for us better? Yeah, here's you know, just to top what you were saying, here's how much is the budget comes from that 1%? With new uh, 
projects, you know, new buildings and things like that. Uh, so from the 2%, 2 we, can the 2%. Set, okay. yeah, we can set aside 10%. Um, it's, yeah, up to 10% for conservation. I'm just saying because, you know, we had a crazy growth for the past 10 years, right? After 2008 and after that, it just kept on going and going. And now we're like going to sort of hyper almost no growth. And and we're like, you know, just how does that affect us in the future? Because we're not going to be seeing a lot of new buildings being built for a long time. Right. So, I don't know. I'm just, it seems like. Yeah, that's cyclical. We're like on a downtrend for a while as far as new things because we're just trying to catch up with what we were as far as whoever's in to come to downtown. We're not even, yeah. we're 30%. Yeah. You know, right. Uh, no occupancy at this point. I mean, we, and if, we don't control those funds as much. No, no, I know. I'm just, I mean, in the sense that, like, they are, they do fluctuate. Yeah. Significantly. And, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, and there is, I mean, there is continuing projects that are continuing to be built. There's, um, yeah. so, I mean, I, I think luckily for us, knock on wood, it's not like all construction is stopping in the city. There are still um, pretty some pretty significant projects moving forward and being built, perhaps a little bit slower, but um, there are projects. There are continuing. CDR, yeah, I mean, CDR it, all it is definitely slower than it used to be. But right, you know, but there was also the issue of SFO and the new terminals, which caused this huge amount of work. Right, where we were doing juries every week. Right, you know, right. panels every week. Right, and that. Then has come, you know, so it is an ebb and flow that you can't control. Yeah. And the other thing to remember is that 10% is relatively recent and, and, you know, wasn't around when those 1800 statues were built, right? right? So we have to, we actually have to spread that conservation budget over the entirety of the collection, even though uh, right now a huge majority of the collection it wasn't anticipated, but we're still having to pay for that conservation. Mm -hmm. It used to be um, the ordinance was now I forget which year it was modified, mm -hmm. but it used to be an up to 5% set aside for conservation. And then it was several years ago changed to up to 10% under Tom DeCaney's yeah. um, mm -hmm. directorship. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so. Although I think we need to do public comment first. Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm on the right. Um, We're on item number nine. 10. Ten. Thank you, okay. item number 10, yep. So I would like to call for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number 10, the Civic Art Collection Fiscal Year 2022 Annual Report? There is no public in person, so if anybody is listening remotely would like to make public comment, please press star three if you're listening by phone, or please raise your hand if you're in via WebEx. Um, instructions are on the strengths on the screen. I'm not seeing any hands. Let's wait another 15 seconds. There is no public comment at this time. Great, thanks, Tara. 
All right, I'd like to call item number 11. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may, be, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number 11 is the Public Art Program Fiscal Year 2022 Annual Report. Um, I would like to introduce Civic Art Collection and Public Art Program Director Mary Chu to present the item. Mary. Thank you, Commissioner Paris, and hello, Commissioners, and um, a big welcome to our new Commissioner uh, McCoy. So happy to have you join us um, and be able to present these annual reports to you as an introduction to our Commission work. So without further ado, as Allison had just um, beautifully presented uh, the work of the Civic Art Collection at FY22, I am going to present a snapshot of the work completed under the Public Art Program for FY22. So this is just a summary of art expenditures and overview. This is about the $4 million total is about the same as what the total was for the previous fiscal year. And this obviously shows that the majority of our budget goes to the artwork design and fabrication, artist contracts, purchases, loans, and fabrication. So you can see the breakdown here um, and move on to new commissions. So these are the new commissions that were completed in fiscal year 22. And you'll see that we have our Art on Market Street series, the four um, posters that we have each year. We also have two uh, temporary projects. It's the fence projects um, at the Southeast Treatment Plant for the construction mitigation. And then we had the selection of three permanent projects. So the first one is um, for Mission Branch Library. Juana Alicia was selected to create a glass artwork that will be integrated into the historic window in the main reading room of the renovated library. The renovation will restore the central staircase in the library. You can see the image, the little black and white image on the left-hand side, so that the artwork will be at the top of the stairs. Her proposal features the Nepal, which references the origin story of Mexico and celebrates beauty, resilience, and resistance under harsh conditions. Juana Alicia will also have a solo exhibit at the SFAC Main Gallery in the summer of this year, 2023. Uh, this was another uh, permanent commission. Uh, Rigo 23 was selected for a sculpture at Mission Creek Park uh, titled Unflagging Presence, the California Grizzlies of Mission Creek. His proposal is a sculptural tribute to the original wildlife present within the area, the Grizzlies. And it reminds us that the survival of these animals is dependent foremost on the actions of humans. The love and protection of the mother bear alone is not sufficient to guarantee the survival of her cubs. And last but not least, for the new Hertz Recreation Center in McLaren Park in Viz Valley, artist Sanjay Voya was selected to create a wall work that celebrates and reflects the multiracial, multicultural, intergenerational joy and play of the neighborhood. It's an experiential and interactive work comprised of colorful, uniquely painted ceramic tiles and mirror finished mirror polished stainless steel tiles. And so just a snapshot also of the demographics for the new commissions um, and some of the methodology. And so artists complete a voluntary demographic survey as part of their application package and self-identify gender by gender and race. And as a reminder, our state law does not allow us to use city funds with using city funds to use race or gender in considering 
um, the awards for contracts. And uh, the funding amounts that uh, will be shown in the following slides are based on artist fees, not total project budget costs to allow for a more equal comparison between projects awarded, that is the temporary and the permanent projects. So um, this is a overview of the demographics by gender. You'll see while the majority of the commissions were awarded to women, the majority of commission dollars um, went to men. There was one project in particular awarded in, um, in this fiscal year um, that was a significant project budget that's uh, allowing for this, um, for these totals to show as they do. In terms of demographics by race, you'll see um, there are three commissions for Asian American artists, four to black, uh, who identify as black African American or African, one Latinx and one black Caucasian identifying more as European Latino. So while the majority of commission, commission dollars went to artists of color, black African American or African had the greatest number of commissions, but the single category of the white Caucasian was the greatest percentage in terms of dollar amount compared to the other distinct categories. And this also references um, the one commission that I spoke about earlier. So new projects by artist location. So you can see that the majority of commissions, both in number and dollar amounts, went to support San Francisco Bay Area artists. And so now I'll go on to talk about projects that were completed in FY 2022. Um, so we have, and commissioners might, might remember this trio of three artworks um, next to each, other in the airport, this one by Carter Lynch called Continuous City, a glass artwork that combines and overlays historic photographs and contemporary architectural elements to capture the essence of San Francisco. This work by Kim Ano called Long Arc of the Day combines multiple scenes of the San Francisco Bay Area and California landscape into one image. It begins with a view of the bay and the Ramatouche, a lonely fisherman pulling a tule boat leading to agricultural scenes, then to the wilderness and the headwaters in the California Sierra Mountains. If the work is a collage and layering of glass with pigment color drawings based on historical engravings. Um, we have a work by San Francisco-based artist Paul Madonna, who's known for blending poetic poignant texts with lush, inviting hand-drawn cityscapes. Originally rendered in pen and ink, this panoramic view from San Francisco's Excelsior District depicts two perpendicular streets descending from a hilltop. The phrase, here you are, are you here, is a palindrome which flows throughout the scene from side to side and foreground to background, prompting viewers traveling from all directions to consider not just where they are in space, but also where they are in time. Um, we have, of course, also this bronze plaque honoring our late mayor, Edwin Lee, um, created in relief um, by the artist Antonio Mendez. Um, and just to mention the last four projects were managed by our project manager, Alita Lee. Uh, uh, additional works at SFO by um, this piece called Flourish by Allison Saar is a story of displacement and inclusion, referencing the adversity that migrants and refugees often experience upon arrival, but also perseverance and resilience. The artist intends the work to be a beacon that welcomes new travelers to San Francisco and will serve as a reminder of our common immigrant roots, the richness that thrives from diversity, as well as our collective experiences. 
This work by Ronu Mukherjee, uh, when the path through the atmosphere is longer, also at SFO, was inspired by the feeling of being suspended in time and space during long haul air travel and seeing two sunrises or sunsets in the same day. The image is collaged from printed sari cloth, a diasporic object that is rooted in Indian culture and suggests the movement of bodies. Included in the composition are depictives of the Arctic Tern, known for its long yearly migration, and the hummingbird, which is native to the Americas. This project that was completed at Moscone for the, the of renovation of the Moscone Convention Center by artist Sarah Z, Double Horizon, created from a single boulder split open like a geode to reveal a pixelated image of the sky embedded within the stone's interior. The same image is mirrored in the papers of the walkway as if the rock functioning as a printmaking stamp has fixed the image in place through force of gravity and pressure. By recording a fleeting moment of skyscape in the stone, the artist explores the fragility of passing time and the desire for permanence in the face of always shifting natural forces. Another significant project, which Allison also showed in her previous presentation is Walter Hood's bow. The sculpture creates an observation platform and gathering place on pier 22 and a half. The artworks translucent panels depict the history of the city's fireboats and their role in significant events along the waterfront, including the heroic responses to blazes ignited in the Marina District during the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake and the 2020 Pier Fire at Fisherman's Wharf. Another significant, oh, and just to mention the previous four projects were uh, beautifully managed by our project manager, Marcus Davies, sitting behind me, who presented, of course, another work that he had recently completed. So this project, um, also significant um, project many years in the making by Jorge Pardo for the Van S BRT, consists of a total of 26 light poles, 13 at the northbound and southbound stops between Gary and O'Farrell. Um, this project, for this project, uh, the artist transformed the everyday land post to whimsical, vibrant, colorful life sculpture. This work serves as a landmark and a beacon for transit riders. Uh, and this is one of the uh, construction barricade projects that I had mentioned earlier for um, the PUC um, at the Southeast Wastewater Treatment Plant by Malik Sinefru. Um, this expansive temporary mural seeks to reinforce the importance of community and family and using past experiences to clear the air and help build a better future. Um, and these two, this project and the previous one, also behind me, Jackie Bontresco, was beautifully managed by our project manager. So um, last but not least, we have the Art on Market Street comic series from 20. 22, um, and so these are just um, images from the four different um, artists, Frederick Hayes, uh, who uh, poster series about San Francisco black history and focus on African-American contributions to San Francisco culture and history. Um, the next one was Tale of Daisy and Gaia by Gaia Weiss. For the series, Gaia created a dual narrative on how they came to love San Francisco and the discovery that their great-grandmother once lived there as well. Um, this series by Vita Kwong and Kaiyan Chong Ma called Chinatown Love Struggle and Resistance highlights the real stories of Chinatown's residents, foregrounding themes of love, caring, survival, and resistance. And last but not least, the uh, series by ACS Fuera, The City of Poets, um, 
is a project featuring one-page comic posters exploring the rich history of San Francisco's poetry scene, particularly from marginalized voices, which call for action to seek justice and the liberation of oppressed people. So congratulations to, again, to Craig for um, an amazing series. So that is my presentation for FY22. Lots of work done. Really want to give a huge shout out to the amazing staff um, that we have who this work would not have happened if it was not for the incredible staff working on our team. We just, I think we just need to apply. I, I completely agree. Um, I actually wanted to call them all out. Alita Lee, Marcus Davis, Jackie Von Tresco, Craig Kapora, and am I missing anyone? And no, I think I called everybody, right? <laughs> is that it? Like, how I know, isn't that? Well, that's just it. How could no. the four of you accomplish all of that? That um, and overseen by Mary. Um, oh, I'm sorry, and Ari. And Ari. I guess. But she was, yeah, yeah. No, that that was just last yeah. year, and just four people accomplished and overseen by our rock star, <laughs> public art chief, um, Mary Chu. Just in the incredible, incredible work. Yeah. Um, so, so mind blown. Fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you so much for that presentation, Mary. It's always so just uplifting to see all the work that gets done, all the amazing art that gets added to San Francisco every year. I mean, this really is a part of our identity as a city, as a culture. Um, and and it's just again amazing the amount of work that you guys get done uh, a team before uh, with your fear, fearless leader um, that's a lot so yeah just yeah and of course I wanted to mention too that it could not happen with our amazing collections team as well who really helps and supports us like Allison was saying our slide in every step of the process from proposal development and reviewing to materials to helping at fabrication site visits to photography too so it it takes a whole team and so that's also three additional people right now that hold us <laughs> the work that we do so everybody yes yeah i mean the team is amazing i know that we give you guys endless thanks and props uh during these meetings as we're looking at all these amazing projects but i, I can i i'm guessing i'm speaking for my other commissioners as well i do outside of here like whenever this uh comes out in my conversations or comes up in my conversation I tell everybody how amazing you guys are and just how hard the SFAC team work. So, um, so yeah, just amazing talk last year and the work you're still doing. Thank you. Um, yeah, checking for any other commissioner's comments. I'm just the same. I mean, I'm just always amazed and I'm always, you know, when I meet different artists and talk to them about public art, I'm almost always explaining to them about the fact of what you guys do and what you're able to do, and that you guys are basically the best friends they could ever have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Some of them might feel differently about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice sentiment. <laughs> Can't please them all, but you guys did a good job. Um, all right, any other commissioner comments, questions on the, um, Public Art Program Fiscal Report 2022 Annual Report. I just wanted to add one more um, anecdote, and that is that um, when in my travels 
when people ask, you know, what does the Arts Commission do? I point to our public art collection and they were always completely blown away because that's that's a, it's such a major part of our identity, even though, you know, the Arts Commission obviously does all kinds of things and it's programming, but people really know us by the quality of, of the art collection and the team's work. So thank you. All right. Thank you, commissioners, for those comments. Thank you, staff, for uh, the work you guys do, and thank you, Mary, for the presentation and showing us the work that you do because <laughs> it is so impactful when you see it all together. Um, all right. So I would like to call for any public comment. Is there any public comment on item number eleven, the public art program, fiscal year twenty twenty two annual report? If you are listening to this meeting via the web link and would like to make public comment. Please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once and pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. We're currently on item 11 public art program FY 2022 annual report. There's no public comment in person. I'm going to wait another 15 seconds. There is no public comment at this time. Great. Thanks, Cara. All right. Thanks, Mary. Thank you. So we're going to move uh, forward and call item number 12. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be out of the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number 12 is the staff report. I'd like to reintroduce <laughs> Civic Art Collection and Public Art Program Manager, um, sorry, Program Director, Mary Chu. Yeah. Thank you. I just have two very brief updates. One, Allison had already previously mentioned is that we are completing a hire for the um, collections manager. Extremely excited to get somebody on board to manage the wealth of projects that we have um, coming up for conservation and maintenance. Um, and also we are in that process of hiring right now, the temporary public art project manager position, I'm hoping to fill that within the next couple of months. Um, so those are my two quick updates. Happy to answer any questions. Any commissioner questions or comments? Great, thanks so much, Mary. And want to call for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number 12, the staff, staff report? If you're listening to the meeting via web link, please raise your hand. If you're listening in via phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. There's no in-person public comment. I'm just going to wait another few seconds for anybody to raise their hand. There's no public comment at this time. Thanks, Tara. All right, let's call item number 13. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may raise your hand to be added to the queue and you'll be called on at the appropriate time. Item number 13 is new business and announcements. This item allows for commissioners to introduce new agenda items for consideration to report on recent art activities and to make announcements. Um, I have one and I would like to start with welcoming Commissioner McCoy to the Visual Arts Committee. Welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Honored to be here. Thank you. Um, you've made it through your first meeting too. So yeah. <laughs> and yeah, um, you want to say anything? It's usually uh, much shorter than. No, I meant. I meant, <laughs> oh. I meant to say. I meant to say. I was actually going the other way for much longer. <laughs> oh. 
no, I just actually want to thank everybody for their patience with me as I'm coming up to speed and giving the extra context um, that I need in order to make some decisions and and uh, and support uh, the efforts that everybody's making there. So really happy to be here. Um, Thanks, Mr. McCoy. And yes, by all means, um, any questions you have, the staff is amazing and absolutely commissioners are They've been incredible well. so far. But yeah, we're really excited to have you and your expertise and um your experience in the Bay Area as a creative person um on the Visual Arts Committee. Thank you. Um any other commissioner new business in the next one? I have a couple of them. go ahead. Oh, I just want to say thank you to the entire team for everything you guys prepared today. All the work you do. It's a lot of work and we really appreciate it. Thank you, commissioners, for all your support as well. We can't do it without you. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to um, announce two shows that I wanted to highlight uh, that I hope commissioners are able to attend. One is the opening of the uh, Kahindi Wiley show at the De Young yeah. Museum. Andy Wiley is a um, homegrown artist here, a graduate, a lot of graduate of the San Francisco Art Institute, um, was commissioned to paint um, former President Obama's portrait. Um, and he is opening his newest body of work, a show of his newest body of work at the De Young Museum. Major, I think it's one of his first major um, like uh, gallery shows in the United States that has a collection of his work. So I encourage you all to see it. I think the member previews on Friday and it opens to the public on Saturday. Um, and then tonight there's actually a preview and of the show at Gray Area by the artist um, Rafael Lozano Hammer, who is um, titling his show Tex-Mex, but it's T-E-C-H-S-M-E-C-H-X, um, no, S, because it's about um, exploring the rich chronology of Mexican technological culture, um, including some of his work. And he's an internationally renowned artist who works in visual installation, visual um, visual art installation and technology. And I encourage all gray area in the mission. Really, I, I went yeah. to his talk yesterday. Oh, you good. Great. I, I, I was blown away by yeah. all the different projects. He's and pretty incredible. Public work and, yeah. and, and most of private. Yeah, and we're, for the Bay Area and Gray Area is fortunate to get an artist of his stature um, to do this uh, customize. I think they got a grant to have him do this customized installation just for Gray Area. So please don't miss it. Great. Just a reminder, Art Walk SF Lakeside Village, April 1st. It's always fun. Come out and hang out. <laughs> Any other commissioners, um, new business and announcements? All right, then I would like to ask if there is any public comment. Is there any public comment on item number 13? If you're listening to this meeting via the web link, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. There's no in-person public comment. We'll give it another 15 seconds for the people online. There is no public comment at this time. Thanks, Tara. All right, let's move forward and call item number 14, which is adjournment. This meeting is adjourned. Thank you so much, Thank everyone. Thank you, everyone. Yay, and to celebrate this first in-person meeting, there's chocolate <laughs> on that table for everyone.